The Anton Savage Show with Nifty Business on News Talk. As you will undoubtedly know, we are facing into a match against South Africa, which isn't absolutely vital to our continuation in the World Cup but it will set something for a precedent as to how high we can expect to go in the World Cup. And in a tick, we're going to be talking to Gordon Darcy for his analysis on what the match might hold. But Henry McKean has, as he tends to, gotten one of the awful gigs where he's been sent out to Paris on just looking at his social media, what looks to be a lovely day in um, Paris. Um, He's covering the hugely anticipated game. It is reaching um, fever pitch, kickoff tonight at 8 And Henry joins us live from Paris. Before I ask you what the mood is like, Henry, what's the weather like? (laughs) Bonjour. Bonjour from Paris. It's cloudy, a little bit cloudy, a little bit of sun. It's actually going to be good. We expect it to be about 15 degrees tonight. Paris time, nine o'clock Irish time, eight o'clock when the match kicks off. So the weather, the weather is good. That heavy rain has finally stopped, um, which is, uh, you know, brilliant. And as you, you said, tickets are you get like gold. all the good gigs, Henry. And I heard you the other day on, I think it was on the hard shoulder, discussing how you had managed to blag your way a ticket as well. Everything, everything comes up roses for Henry. Tell us what the mood <laughs> is like anyway. What, what are you seeing from the fans? Yeah, I mean, there, there is, you could say, you can feel that perhaps if we win, there'll be momentum. And the fans, the fans, both sets of fans are kind of nervous, a little bit worried about this game, even though it's not a must win. But both teams really want to win. And there's Irish everywhere. We think there could be up to 50,000 of them knocking about. Not all of them have tickets. Some of them are still looking for tickets. I even gave away my sign that said, um, looking for one ticket. And it said the same thing in French. I won't even try and pronounce it in French because I sound like Del Boy. But yeah, lots of talk also about the 7-1 split uh, on the substitute bench and this uh, seven Seven reserve forwards uh, and just one back. But and we, you know we've been talking about it. How some say that perhaps it takes away from the spirit of the game. And we're actually going to start with Paul O'Connell, former captain of Ireland and now the Ireland forwards coach. Our boys are under no doubt about how big a challenge it is. Um, you know it, it, they obviously present a big physical challenge. I think we present a big physical challenge as well, and they present a real tactical challenge as well. You know they're they're a very smart side, and that's probably one of the things you admire most about them is is the smarts they can bring along with their physicality. So uh, um, I think it's a strength of our side as well. So that was Paul uh, O'Connell, of course, former Irish um, captain before that pack leader and now um, forwards coach. How are the Irish themselves getting on among the fans? Well, they're really enjoying it. I mean, they're they're travelling the country. They're using this as a holiday uh, as well as they're seeing lots of rugby too. And they are loving it. They're packing out the bars, the cafes, just and shopping. It's full of designer shops. Uh, I did meet one couple who said, uh, they'll meet me in a few hours, but they're out shopping. So, <laughs> uh, so people are, are loving Paris, but they're also loving the atmosphere. Uh, and tonight, there's going to be eighty thousand plus packed into the Stade de France. So huge excitement, and I think more than half will be cheering uh, for Ireland. I met some of these fans at the Eiffel Tower earlier on. How excited are you about the match tonight? Out of ten, ten out of ten. And where did you travel from? We travelled from uh, predominantly Mead. Trim at Boy area, most of us. Is this as good as it gets? Yeah, certainly. Yeah, it's well up there. There's nothing uh, close to it. I'd say at this stage, this the, the phony war is over now, and we're into the the real deal. And you're wearing a beret, and you're wearing yes. it well. Thank you very much. I'm trying to protect my solar panel from the rays that are here, so I'm keeping it under a lid. Your sisters, you're here in France. Are you enjoying it? Yes, I love it so far. We've been here three days. 
three days, what yeah. have you got up to? Um, we went to Disneyland yesterday. You managed to get Disneyland in? Yes, wow. we did it for the whole day yesterday. It was great crack. And how many years have you been supporting Ireland and how many years have you been disappointed? Since I was near here to do a grasshopper, which it was a long time ago, right? Okay, we're talking about 50 years, right? I saw Ireland play Australia. They won 10-3. don't know what year it was, but it was a long, long time ago. 67, I'd say. So you're confident? Very, yeah. I think we'll do it all the way. So where did you travel in from to be here in Paris? We are over from the States, over from New York. So Got in yesterday. In we live in New York for the last 27 years. And you wanted to be here? Wanted to be here. So we're over now supporting uh, all the Irish lads, but especially the Munster contingent. Well, it, there's not many who will have travelled all the way from New York to support the Irish. Um, as you, we heard there from um, some of the, the speakers coming from as far away as Mead. For the Irish, it's it's a relatively short hop. It's a boat to Cherbourg or it's a, it's a flight into Charles de Gaulle. The South Africans have really had to put their money where their mouth is. So were the fans that you were talking to, were they excited and committed? Absolutely, absolutely, Anton. And you're right, South Africa is about 11 hours away. Uh, you just go, obviously, you just get in the plane and you just go straight up and you hit France straight ahead and you're there. But obviously it's hugely expensive for them. Their country has lots of social problems and financial problems. But you know, some of these fans booked two years ago, they've been saving and there's huge hype around this game, massive get hype. And I know it's a group game, but whoever wins this, I mean, could actually go on and win the World Cup. And so massive excitement. And believe it or not, Anton, you still have time to get here. I'll get, make <laughs> you a sign. I'll get you standing like I was at departures, looking for a ticket. And maybe Maybe someone might just have a spare ticket. You can just get to Dublin Airport in about half an hour when the show ends. There's still time. But yeah, they're, they're hugely excited, the South Africans. Uh, and rugby, remember, in South Africa, it unites them. It unites the black and, and the white. And if we even go all the way back to apartheid, it was rugby that brought them together. I met this fan at the Louvre. You know, South Africa is a great rugby nation. Um, it's a nation that really supports the team. And uh, yeah, we're all excited, eh? Does rugby in South Africa still bring the country together like it did back in 1995? I definitely believe so. Um, you will see there's a whole lot of um, nation-building exercises that happens within the country at the moment. And an uh, integral part of that is rugby. Um, I do believe it definitely brings the people together. Who's going to win tonight? I believe the box is going to edge uh, Ireland. Uh, might be by a small margin, but yes, they will edge them. But good luck to the Irish. Go Vokka. Henry, thank you very much. That is Henry McKean live in Paris there, of course, before tonight's um, France Rugby World Cup Ireland versus South Africa game kicking off on RTE tonight at 8pm. Also out in France is uh, Irish rugby legend Gordon Darcy. Gordon, good morning. Morning, Anton. How are you? Very good. There's been a lot of talk, obviously, about the subs bench. We will get to that because I think at this stage you sort of can't. You're legally required to discuss the fact that it's seven forwards that are on the bench. Before that, though, to the tactics and the strategy of the game, one of the things that has characterised Ireland's game has been the speed at which they can get Rooks turnaround. They get second, third, fourth and phase, fourth and fifth phase very, very quickly. Do we expect that South Africa will be successful in pressuring that down and slowing the Irish game? Um, well, firstly, whoever's uh, doing your research, Anton, has done a fantastic job because there's no way you came up with those uh, insights <laughs> yourself. I credit Don and Lenahan in the Irish end. I can even tell you that it's a 2.92 seconds per rock, Gordon. 
So actually, it's a lovely, typical, typical. Uh, so the most French thing that's happened. I've parked up in a, in, a, in a park here, and there's a gentleman just parking down to play saxophone. Um, so uh, yeah, but I think th- there's a reason. I think uh, James Gibson Park wasn't uh, involved last week, so he's one of the most important players to Ireland achieving that quick rock ball. So um, it's if, even if you go back to a little bit more of a kind of a, a, an overview of the two things, it's two teams who have a similar mentality coming together with vastly different game plans. So they both want possession, but South Africa want to squeeze you in the set piece they want to slow down the tempo and they just want to basically own territory and then you'll just i'm just basically wear you down whereas ireland want possession and they want tempo they want the high-paced rook they want the ball away from the uh, contact point as quickly as possible backing their pace backing their speed of thought and their passing so that's really where the the, the game is won and lost so that kind of boils it down to two key areas for anyone listening today is about the set piece if ireland can win their set piece and then uh, secondly, who wins the battle of the breakdown? South Africa are going to try and slow Ireland's breakdown down, and Ireland are going to try and speed it up. And that's the winning and the losing of the game, in you know, with with massive caveats on top of that as well. Well, while you're talking about the set piece, let me continue to rob from Donal Lenehan because one of the points that he makes is that in the world of set pieces, whether it be line-out or whether it be particularly scrum, there are the ones that you can phone in where it's unlikely that you're going to take it against the head, where you can lock the legs and you can effectively take something of a break. And what he's saying in his analysis is that South Africa is ter- is going to turn each of those into a battleground, knowing that they can bring on a fresh pack at the end of the uh, game, and that that's going to put huge pressure both on the fitness and on the strength of the Irish forwards. Without a shadow of a doubt, and he has it down. So there are, so in a in an eighty minute game, other teams will. There's scrums that you will, you, you know, you, you categorize them into, you know, green, orange, and red, and the ones you want to go after, and then the ones you kind of go, oh, well, there's nothing to achieve here. We're five meters out from our line. All we need is the ball out. So it may not always be a contest. I think that's probably what he's, what he's talking about. South Africa have the benefit of turning every single scrum and every single line out into a, a mini battle zone. Um, so if you lose one scrum, if you start coughing up penalties, what happens to South Africa then is they get easy yardage and, uh, uh, Lebok will just kick the ball 60, 70 yards down the uh, the field and they're getting attacking line So they won't have to work very hard for their possession if uh, the Irish set-piece comes under uh, under pressure. Now, there's a sense that the the uh, South African strategy of bringing... Up, by the way, are you choking a seagull while we're talking? <laughs> there is the biggest, <laughs> biggest raven eyeballing me right, right <laughs> over here. Try to move around so he doesn't think you're dead. Now... <laughs> If we know that we're facing into what is seen as something of a mercenary tactic where we're going to bring on seven forwards, is there any argument for Ireland being similarly callous and mercenary? If we look back, we know we've had teams who have looked at Johnny Sexton before and said, look, if we put him under enough physical pressure, there's a chance he leaves the game and we create a weakness. Should Ireland be looking at the South African backline and saying, right, you've one sub for all of them, we're going to make your life difficult? Um, like there's always a case for that, but one of the things that I love about Andy Farrell and his team is they're just focusing on themselves. So they're not looking at and and I think the one eye of the seven one split is on Ireland. So they haven't they did it by mistake in a previous match. It was in a, uh, an injury, but I think that seven one split is a tip of the cap to Ireland, and that is a fantastic place to be. So that means they are worried about Ireland because they've gone for that split. Whereas Ireland. Five, five, uh, five, three. Come with their regular, um, their regular piece, and Ireland aren't going to go and chase something that's out, outside of what they've done. They're just going to the biggest where Ireland will be um, dangerous today is if they're true to themselves and the way they played in every one of the last twelve matches. 
And if you were the sole back available as a sub in a, a high impact World Cup match, what would be going through your head? Because it's a lot of positions that you might be required to fill. Yeah, well, they haven't picked him by you know off the top of their head. So he's he plays a bit on the in the back three in at club level. So he will. So after Kirk could cover ten, and then pretty much I uh, think uh, the. Reinhard or Cobus, that uh, he can cover pretty much every every other position um, if needs be. But their two centres are pretty robust individuals, so they're kind of banking on those guys being able to do the 80 minutes. And in a lot of ways, the way the South African defence is run, those guys, uh, 12 and 13, Delande and Jesse Creel, are absolutely pivotal to South Africa's attack. So they'd like to come up really, really quickly. Um, and try and get into uh, attackers' faces. Um, and then what happens is they slow the rook down and then they have time to get back on side. So that's where Ireland can try and win, sorry, get a get a foot up against South Africa today. If they get uh, these defenders to shoot up hard in the in the face of their attackers, and that next rook is really quick, South Africa are struggle, going to struggle to get on side. And that's where Ireland's uh, attack comes into the into its, I suppose, its most uh, dangerous because the South Africans won't have time to be able to get uh, get up and get into their face. So if we're looking in the early stages of the game to get a sense of whether or not it's going our way, what we're looking for is speed of turnaround for the Irish rooks. Well, yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. And Ireland passing stats going up. So that's always a key uh, metric for Ireland. They, they pass the ball an awful lot. They tend not to try and put the ball in air. So they don't try to do these big loopy passes because the South Africans will read that and when like they call it time in the air so as the ball's in the air for a second they'll be able to cover three or four metres come up and try and get as Stephen Ferris would say get man on ball so Ireland like those really short sharp passes uh, and they always have two or three options nearly on every pass so that's where uh, with quick ball then they have the extra split second to pick the right option and Johnny Sexton is one of the best at doing that all of the mood music seems to be suggesting that the last voice in Henry McKean's Vox Pop might have been right, that the sense is that it will be a hell of a game and that the end result will be that South Africa will shade it. Is that your expectation? No, I'm, I'm, I'm on the other side. and We continually, I continually default back to trying to judge this team by previous bars and they're... I'm not saying it's different this time, but I'm definitely saying they are different. Andy Farrell, the relationship he has with his players, it's I haven't seen anything like it. Um, and they're playing, they're the number one team in the world. They're playing the best rugby at the moment. They're, and they're, they've had a very conservative playbook over the last two years, so they definitely have some things up their sleeve um, again, for, for South Africa. So for me, it's a very even even game, but if assuming there's no tra- drama in the game, um, I think Ireland appreciate it. Did you kill the Raven? <laughs> oh, they're everywhere. I, I was in the gym or something. They must be. They're, fo- they're following me now. <laughs> you, you put it. You put a death curse on me or something. Gordon, thank you very much. That is Gordon Darcy reporting for us there, live from France. The Anton Savage Show with Nifty Business Saturday morning at nine on News Talk.